I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, a physician and voice technology futurist. Voice First Technology is rapidly becoming the operating system of our lives, and it will completely revolutionize the way we experience healthcare. Let's talk voice. Hey there, and welcome to this week's episode of Voice First Health. It's Terry Fisher here, and today I am live at Voice Summit. The date that this is being recorded is July 24th, and I have a special interview because there are so many people here in the Voice First space, and in particular, uh, I am interviewing the CEO of Sekera, Dr. Harjinder Sandhu. And Sekera is a company that is tackling the issue of medical documentation. Um, I had the opportunity to interview Ryan Platch, one of uh, Dr. Sandhu's colleagues, uh, a little while back on the podcast. But uh, today I wanted to take advantage of this opportunity to hear a little bit about some of the developments with the company. And I think you'll be very interested to hear about how they are tackling this very important problem. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce you to Dr. Sandhu. All right, so it's a real pleasure to welcome Dr. Harjinder Sandhu onto the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure, Terry. Thank you for having me on. Well, I had the opportunity to uh, interview a colleague of yours, Ryan, uh, a little while back on the podcast. And it's great to be able to finally meet you in person. I've heard a lot about you. And you're doing some incredible things with Sykera. And we're going to get into all that. But maybe, first of all, I can get you to introduce yourself and let the listeners know a little bit about who you are. Sure. So uh, I'm currently the CEO of Sekera, but I've been in the health, health IT, speech recognition, machine learning space for about 20 years. I started my career as a professor of computer science, taught at York University for a number of years, and then co-founded a startup that was doing speech recognition for dictations, which uh, 20 years ago was the predominant way that physicians would capture their notes and document their notes. Uh, sold that company to Nuance, and I spent about five years as the VP Chief Technologist for Nuance's healthcare division. Uh, I've done another startup in between, which was uh, focused on patient engagement. Uh, and Sekera, which I founded about four years ago now, uh, has been focused on this problem of physician documentation. So as a physician, I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> I'm happy that there are people like you that are doing this work because... Um, as I've said a number of times before, I keep referring to being able to address that problem as the holy grail for physicians. So maybe you could talk a little bit more about um, you know, why this is an important problem and why you guys are really you know, jumping into this. Sure. Having spent a lot of years in speech recognition, one of the things that I've been able to do is follow the trajectory of how the technology has evolved and how the user expectations and the user problems themselves have evolved. Uh, and they've definitely evolved. So. As I said long ago, physicians used to do dictation, and generally they were happy with that. They would uh, see a patient, walk out, dictate onto a handheld recorder, and they're done with the, um, the documentation. Of course, they'd still have to review it later on. But they were generally happy with that process. What happened about uh, within the last decade, when electronic medical records started becoming popular, is that physicians were basically being told, well, now you actually have to type directly into the EMR because we need data in the EMR. You can't just dictate like you were doing before and create a note, you need to actually put the note into the EMR, into the proper places, you need to put diagnoses in the right places, meds, allergies, orders, everything has to go into the right places. And so now what you have is that physicians are spending an inordinate amount of time staring at screens. So there's a lot of studies that say they're spending two hours of screen time for every hour of patient time. And most of the time, if you watch physicians these days, if you go and visit 
um, a doctor, you'll see a lot of the doctors are, spend, are staring at the screen while they're trying to talk to patients. So their back is to the, or the side is to the patient. They're typing. They're trying to listen to the patient and type at the same time. And it's a terrible experience for both the doctor and the patient. But it's, they do what they have to do to get their notes completed. The ones that aren't doing that during the encounter are spending their evenings doing this documentation. And they're the ones that are actually suffering the most burnout because they're spending anywhere from two to four hours every evening closing their charts. And so as I was watching this this speech recognition uh, technology evolve and seeing how the user uh, problem was evolving into capturing just the narrative, which we used to do really well, uh, to actually capturing data that goes into the right place in the EMR. I thought, well, this is, this is a grand problem. This is a really hard challenge. Uh, nobody's figured this out yet, and it's worth working on. So that's how I kind of came into this space. Yeah, and I, like I said, as, as a clinician, I can really appreciate everything that you said. Um, I'm certainly guilty of doing that. I actually, I know, I mean, I recognize it's not the best uh, patient experience when I'm looking at a screen and taking notes uh, while I'm with a patient. But the reality is uh, there's so much documentation that if I don't do that, um, and I have to stay at the office, my, my family life suffers at home. And so, you know, it's trying to find that, that right balance. So maybe you can describe a little bit how your platform works then. Yeah, so what we started thinking about uh, was to change the equation in terms of how speech recognition works. So the traditional speech recognition, if you use Dragon, for example, is that you're looking at a screen and you're basically watching the words appear on the screen. You're pointing and clicking into the right boxes, first of all. Um, and if you're doing any kind of point and click, which is menus or checkbox and things, the speech rec doesn't help you at all. So what we started building was a solution that you could sit and face the patient and not actually look at a screen. So basically what happens is with our app, uh, it runs on an iPhone uh, or an iPad. You walk into an encounter, you can just you select a patient, then you just sit, you turn it on and you just sit and talk to the patient. And what the app does is it listens in the background, it's capturing the entire conversation. But what we typically tell the physicians is, if you, uh, we're not particularly good at uh, listening to the patient voice today, uh, so when you're talking to the patient, just make sure that you summarize or recap the important parts of that conversation. And what the system does is it's very good at listening for those little points of narration uh, or summarization that the physicians are doing. And it captures those and turns them into the note. If you say an order or if you say a diagnosis, it'll capture that and put that into the right place in the EMR. So it's all about just making it a really convenient way for physicians to interact with their patients while the system is capturing the appropriate information, putting it into the right place in the EMR. So I'm curious sort of what that looks like once the note is captured. Does it, does it come out in note form? Does it come out in a paragraph form? You know, when, when I go to look up that chart note, say the next time the patient comes in, what am I actually seeing now in the chart? So the note will look like a lot like you might have written it yourself, except it'll be uh, uh, written a little bit differently, of course, but we create notes in narrative form. So we capture information as data, but we translate those into narrative form. So they'll look like, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell that note from a note written by another doctor, in other words. And so with this type of technology, there's a lot of, I mean, there's, it's a very, very important technology in the sense that it's got to be accurate. Somebody's health is on the line. How do you ensure that the AI is capturing what the physician is saying accurately? And that's a great question. And in fact, that is the central question because 
capturing conversations, conversational information, and translating that into the form of a note is a really, really difficult problem. In comparison, speech recognition, in retrospect now, it seems trivial. Back 20 years, of course, it was a really difficult problem. But speech recognition is just about capturing words without necessarily understanding any meaning. It's just about predicting the next word and making sure that you understand the sounds that were generated and translating those into the appropriate words. What we're trying to do is trying to listen in on conversation and interpret that conversation. And this is a really hard problem, and it's a problem that takes time and a lot of data to actually solve adequately. So what we started putting in place right at the outset, we said, well, we don't have the data today to be able to solve this problem completely. What we need to do is we need to capture that data. The only way to capture that data is to actually create a service that physicians actually use. And so we created this augmented AI solution. And you can liken it to when people were building driverless vehicles, the first autonomous vehicles have people behind the wheel and the people are making sure that the car is staying on the road, not running anybody over, following the rules of the road, and the system over time is just learning. It's, it's adapting and improving. That's exactly what we have. We have drivers behind the wheel, effectively, that are making sure that the AI does the appropriate interpretation so that the very first time the physician sees this note, the first time they use it, it they're going to see an accurate note. It's going to be correct. They're going to see it in their EMR in the right place, and they'll just sign off on it. So that, that was actually my next question is, so when is, the, when, is the, when is the physician signing off on that note? Because they're, they're, the, the platform is listening to what I'm saying. It's, it's being captured. It's being parsed. And then presumably at some point I have to sign off on the note. How does that work? Yeah, the sign-off depends really on the, uh, on the physician and what uh, level of service they've signed up for. But you're right. It'll be after the encounter. It's not going to be immediately... Uh, they're not going to do the encounter with the patient and just walk out right within a minute and uh, sign it off because that review process, that human part of that process is what um, bonds that time for us. And so it'll be sometime after that encounter that they'll have it available. Great. Well, whenever I hear this type of technology, like I say, I get very excited because I can see the potential for freeing up a lot of my time but also ultimately helping with the patient care. Now, I know that you recently had some exciting news and there was a press release about this. Perhaps I can get you to explain uh, what was, what that was all all about and why that's so important. Sure. So the new release is very much like what I described right now. What our first version did, it was much closer to the Alexa model, which is that you say this keyword. So if you're using Alexa, you're going to say Alexa every time you're going to issue an instruction. Now, in our, uh, in our platform, we always understood that physicians needed to do long-form interactions, not the simple one sentence kind of interaction. And so we would capture long form interactions, but we always required them to say a special phrase like, okay, Kara, uh, as a preface to that so that the system knew to listen in on that particular point. And what we found was that when they're interacting with patients, this is very um, uh, it's disruptive to that conversation with the patient. So if you're talking to the patient about their history, for example, and every once in a while you have to stop and say, okay, Kara, um, and get it to listen in while you're continuing that conversation. I mean, you can do it, but it's, it's disrupted the conversation. So we spent a lot of time trying to figure out, well, how do we make this interaction, this dialogue much more natural, listen in to the natural ways that physicians actually interact with patients as opposed to uh, doing this with our disruptive form of uh, listening. And so that's what this uh, new product that we announced was. Basically, it allows us to capture these more natural interaction points rather than having a special word that we have to uh, train the physicians to use. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. I can I can recognize if you are constantly talking to your assistant, that would take away from the patient interaction as well. So that that sounds like a really good step forward. Um, can you comment a little bit about now like, where you're at, or are people using this? Is it in a beta version now, or what's the current status, and, and how are people responding to this? So we've had a phenomenal response to it. We are in a number of large health systems. Uh, so we've been live commercially for about a year uh, and gradually growing our user base. Um, and our user base has been a combination of uh, physicians in large health systems uh, as well as small medical groups as well uh, and um, entirely within the United States uh, right now. We're not, we're not in Canada, unfortunately, yet. But, um, but the physician response has been... Um, as I said, it's been phenomenal, and largely what physicians are saying is, particularly the ones that spend a lot of evening time doing their documentation, we take that evening time away entirely. And so we've had physicians uh, actually tell us how life-changing this is for them because uh, we have one physician, an orthopedist, who said, you know, I've, I read books again for the first time in years because all my evenings before were spent doing documentation, and now I'm finding I have spare time, and I'm actually reading again. Um, or I'm spending more time with family and those kinds of things. During the course of the day, for physicians that are doing a lot of uh, their documentation during the course of the day, of course, will improve their productivity and uh, generally they'll have more time to do other things such as seeing patients. We have some physicians that choose to see more patients and some that don't want to see more patients. That's entirely up to them. But the ones that choose to see more patients, we've been able to sh uh, see a dramatic increase in their patient volumes uh, for the ones that are motivated to do that. That's great. And what about um, patient feedback? Have you had a chance to get a sense of what the patients, how, how are they feeling when their doctors are using this technology? So generally, we hear anecdotally, of course, we don't talk to patients directly, um, but generally the anecdotal um, information we get back from doctors is their patients love it. And this is actually a point where a lot of physicians are tentative about this initially. They're not sure how their patients gonna, are going to react. Uh, and what they generally find uh, is there's two things that happen in this process. One is that because our system forces the physicians to think out loud, they have to talk out loud, otherwise the system's not going to capture information. And because they're now talking out loud where they might have either been silently typing or they're kind of writing notes that they're going to uh, type in later, now they're actually saying things out loud and the patients love it. Actually, the patient reaction to that, and the, again, based on what the physicians tell us, is the patients really appreciate when the physicians are kind of saying things out loud, their thinking process and everything. Um, that's one part. The other thing that we hear is that we've heard from physicians that they're making fewer mistakes. And this was actually a surprise because I did not expect that when we were first thinking about this. But what's happening is because the physicians are saying a lot of their thought process out loud, we hear one physician actually told me, she said that I, I get corrected by a patient at least once a day. Uh, since I started using this, and that's because I'm saying kind of, you know, all right, so uh, so it sounds like you've been having this foot pain for the last week, and the patient might say, no, no, I said uh, about three weeks ago. Um, and those kinds of corrections would never actually have been uh, done before because, again, the physician is silently typing in. The patient never sees what the, uh, what the doctor is typing in, and they don't know if there's a translation issue. And especially if the physicians are documenting later in the day, you know, your ability to recall... Uh, is always going to be compromised by the fact that you saw 20 patients that day and you're now mixing up what patient said what. That's really interesting, the uh, the whole idea of the patient correcting the physician, because I, I, I can think of that, of 
multiple times when that happens. It's just natural. You, sometimes you miss a little word here or something like that. And if you do happen to recap, then that makes a lot of sense. So that's great. What What's the future plan here? What are your next? Uh, what are the next big goals or challenges that you're trying to tackle? So the big innovation for us, and this has been part of our overall mission from the beginning, is to build a system that is not just passively listening and capturing documentation, but a true clinical assistant. And what that means for us is that our system, we're teaching it not to just listen, but to actually predict and understand what's going to happen in that encounter. So if you have a patient that comes in for a shoulder injury, for example, our system is now beginning to understand, well, what happens in the course of a shoulder injury uh, encounter between a doctor and a patient? What is the information that the doctor wants to know? What is the physical exam? What is the likely assessments plan and orders and so forth? And what we're now injecting into that process is, aside from this prediction, where the system will always already be able to tell you well, we think you might do one of these two orders, and if we got it right, go ahead and just say this order and it's done. Uh, you don't have to relate all the details because we have all the details because we predicted them. But beyond that, injecting uh, clinical guidelines into that process. If you're part of a health system that has specific guidelines around when a particular order should be done um, or particular screenings that need to be done, filling in care gaps, for example. So we're trying to make the system uh, smarter when it comes to clinical pathways. Uh, and have it become an actual, as I said, clinical assistant so it's not just a uh, dumb system that's just trying to capture information and listen for words, but actually participating in the process and helping to transform the process of care too. I love it. I'm, I'm waiting for that day. Sign me up when, you, when, you're, when you're there and you're in Canada. Then I know there's regulations and there's different things that have to you know, be in place for, to come to other countries. But I love the concept and I love the idea. So thanks so much for spending some time here on the podcast. Um, where can listeners go to learn more about what you're doing or if they want to try this out in their own offices or clinics or hospitals? How can they get in touch with you or what's the best way to connect? So the best way is if you go to our website, uh, sekera.com. Uh, and then just sign up for a demo. Um, and we're always happy to talk to uh, uh, providers and um, show them what we're doing and you know, try to drum up more interest. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much for joining, joining me and the listeners on the podcast. It's always great to uh, check in with you guys, doing some great work. So thanks very much. Thank you very much, Terry. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, Dr. Sandu and the Sakara team are doing a fantastic job. They're doing incredible work. And as I mentioned, I am looking forward to the day when this truly is my assistant. And, you know, I really can just forget about all the technology and everything happens just in the background. Thanks again to Dr. Sandu and the Sakara team. Um, I want to let you know that the links to uh, everything that was mentioned is, of course, on the show notes page. That can be accessed at voicefirsthealth.com slash 42. Finally, I just want to put an open call out there. A number of organizations have now been approaching me with uh, some interest in potentially sponsoring podcast episodes. My goal with this has always been to remain an unbiased and uh, impartial commentator and analyst of what's going on in this industry and I certainly intend to continue to do that. However, I am happy to have discussions with companies, organizations that are interested in sponsoring the episodes and of course those sponsorships will clearly be identified as such that they are sponsors but if you are doing good work and I feel that it would be a good fit, I'm happy to entertain those discussions. So thanks again for tuning in. You can check out all the resources at voicefirsthealth.com and I look forward to speaking to you again very soon.